0: beautiful he created declares who he is isn't that right one of the most powerful scriptures in all the bible to me um, not about other other than about jesus and and what he came to do is romans 120 i'm sure most of you know the scripture but just think about it for a minute as i read it for since the creation of the world god's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Since the creation of the world, his invisible qualities have been clearly seen, basically. That's what he's saying. Being understood from what has been made. That's amazing. That's amazing. Psalms 19.1 tells us the heavens declare, um, should I move it, do you think? It's, it's ringing, but it's okay. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. How about that. Right? The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Everything beautiful that he created declares who he is. What about us? Right? Genesis tells us that we were made in his image. He sees us as beautiful and we reflect who he is as beautiful too and in us he actually put his creativity i know that's not news to you but i just wanted to remind you tonight in us is his creativity so what can we do we can also make beautiful things yeah in scripture god really values creativity um you know what i'm going to read exodus 31 just for a second because it talks about God empowering a group of craftsmen to build what was needed to be built for the temple of God. Listen to how cool this is. Exodus 31:1 says, Then the Lord says to Moses, See, I have chosen uh, Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I filled him with the spirit of God with skill, ability and knowledge in all kinds of crafts, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood and to engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. goes on and on. He's given skills to craftsmen to make everything that he commanded, and then keeps going. It talks about all the furnishings of the tent, the table, its articles, the lampstand, the altars, also the woven garments for Aaron. There's a seamstress mentioned in the Bible here, or a tailor, we don't know, (laughs) that was carrying the creativity of God. And then someone also made the anointing oil, a perfumer in the Bible, all creativity, all pouring out of God to a human being to release creativity on the earth. Isn't that awesome? You guys know that. Artists, music, Dance, all of it speaks creativity, architecture. I mean, it's everyone different, you know, for what they enjoy and what they like. Even gardens, think about that. Someone on Earth is typically tending a garden and can make it very, very beautiful. Our homes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, I could go on for a long time. Because beauty inspires. And like I said before, some things inspire different people. But I remember a few years ago, Tim and I, we, we love art. We are fond of Impressionists, actually. But uh, in a few years ago, we were in uh, Paris and were able to go to the Louvre, which was one of the most amazing places. Um, obviously, it is the single most amazing place for art because of the sheer amount. And it ranges all the way from like BC. They have art before Christ was born on display there all the way. Um, really until about the Impressionists, and then there's a different museum from there on. But um, we walked in a room, uh, and it was all Rembrandts. And all I can tell you is that the glory of the Lord was there. And it was so inspiring to me. In fact, that's why we came back and purchased these, obviously they're prints, of Rembrandts <laughs> on the back wall, <laughs> Because, you know, he was a Christian artist, and everything, just about everything that he painted was some type of biblical story. But it was inspiring. And, you know, all I could think about was the time and, and the years um, when people would pour and invest in building grand cathedrals uh, to worship the Lord. I think some of it was probably inspired from um, the house that David built and things, because and, it was extravagantly beautiful. And, um, you know, and I look at our building that's sheetrock, <laughs> you know, and carpet, and I'm like, Jesus, you know, I, I want more, you know, for that. Now, obviously, that's not really in our, in our day and in our time. We don't do that very often, but I still do think that it inspires. People receive from the Lord in different ways. It's not always, I mean, half of you could be bored with me just talking to you right now. But what if... <laughs> Oh, stop. But what if, you know, you are in a room full of art, maybe that inspires you. You're a garden, that inspires you. I'm looking for one day, I want somebody to, to do sculptures for the front lawn. That would be, that's totally in my heart. Not only does beauty inspire, but also beauty invites and I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit some points. I'm, this, I'm just in my introduction right now, but I'm just hitting you know, some general things that were on my heart to share with you. But um, beauty invites. I mean, let's be honest. None of us wanna live in a trash dump, right? What do we, we wanna live in a home, a nice home that's clean and beautifully decorated. And we dream about maybe being in a castle one day, right? <laughs> Spending the night in a, an amazing hotel, why? Because beauty invites, and we will have lots of opportunity to do that um, as we keep going. But I, I just wanted to, to kind of make you think about that for a minute. Beauty is not only outward appearances. It's not just about things that we see or hear, but of course, it's more when we're talking about people, it's way more than that. Of course, God says that he looks at the heart, right? And that our hearts are beautiful to him and to others, hopefully. (laughs) All right, beauty is everywhere. We're surrounded by beauty. God's nature is around us, but also it's in us, and also it's through us. So as a church, we can easily say, God, you're beautiful. I believe everyone in this room would agree that God is beautiful. We sing about it. We have songs about it, right? We see nature, and I bet most of us would say, God, that is your beauty, But I believe there's even more for us to access, and I want us to be careful, just as Christians, that we don't go silent on the rest. Just think about that. Are we letting the world define beauty? I believe that's the enemy's plan. Beauty for beauty's sake. But you know what, God created us to crave beauty. We crave beauty. And you know, if, if, you don't think, if you don't think that's true, just consider it for a little while. We were made for beauty. We love to see beautiful things. We love to um, be in beautiful places. We love beautiful people inside and out. That's just how we were made. So I'm gonna tell you more about why I think that is. So men, don't check out on me, okay? I need you engaged in this, because I am gonna talk about women a lot. But I can because it's Mother's Day. But man, I need you, so hang on, I promise, I have at least one scripture for you. (laughs) So I'm going to answer three questions tonight. I'm going to answer the question of why beauty, first of all. And uh, since Tim's been speaking about why, the whys, right? If you haven't been here the last two weeks, that's what he's been talking about, the why. Last week was awesome about why we pray for people. So I thought, why not start with, why beauty? But the other two questions that I want to answer, what is our example of beauty? And what is his plan for beauty in our lives? Does That sound good? You guys good? You guys with me? How's the microphone? I feel like it's like, freaking out. All right, cool. I hear birds. Mm-hmm. Baby birds. They're declaring the glory of God right now. (laughs) So why beauty? Well, first of all, because he is beautiful. And really in this whole question of why beauty, I'm going to hit you with a ton of scriptures. So are you ready? I told Beth, you don't have to keep up. but try because I really do. In fact, if my husband were here, he'd probably tell me that's too many scriptures. But I'm gonna, it's, it's almost all about these, this point because I just really want to show you about beauty in the Word. It's really awesome. There's quite a few things. Speaking of my husband, he is in the Philippines, in case anybody was wondering. In fact, at like 4 a.m. their time, which is 3, after, 3 o'clock this afternoon, um, he texted me. They were heading to the mountains because he was going to preach. So at 4 a.m., I have no idea how far that drive was <laughs> because... Um, I don't think they started church at 8, but whatever. So um, I told them we were praying for him. So hopefully, it, it was probably adventurous uh, ride right up into the mountains. That would be my guess. In the Philippines, high likely. So anyway, so why beauty? Because he is beautiful. Psalms 27.4. Let me read that to you. Gotta go there. I hope some of you even have it memorized. That was me. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To what? To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. One thing I've asked, David said, just to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. He is beautiful. Psalm 29.2 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor or beauty of of his holiness. Actually, also, the Hebrew word there for splendor is beauty. And it's the feminine form, which is I find very interesting. The feminine form of beauty. The beauty of his holiness. John 10, 11. Get this one. I thought this was pretty cool. What does it say? I'm the good shepherd, right? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus declared that. Did you know the word good there in the Greek? In both places in that scripture is beauty. The literal word beauty. I am the beautiful or beauty Of a shepherd, (laughs) a beautiful shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So he is beautiful. The next thing that I want to say about why beauty is, I believe, it's to show his lavishness and his extravagance. I need—I forgot my book. I have a book in my uh, in my brown. it's, It's the captivating book. It's either on my desk or in my brown bag outside pouch. Think about this. All right, Jesus on this earth, what was he doing? He was multiplying food. What were they picking up, extra baskets, right? He had five loaves and two fish. They picked up 12 extra baskets, way more food than is needed. Think about when he called Peter, the disciple of Peter. Remember, he's on the shore, and he calls to Peter, hey, put your nets down. Peter's like, I already did that all night long, caught nothing. Thank you. And he he does it, doesn't he? And what happens? He pulls in so many fish, his boat can't even hold it. It was extravagantly, extravagantly abundant. First John 3 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Lavished. I love that word. Lavished. It's it's excessive. That's the kind of love our God has, and that's the kind of abundance he wants to release on you. So let me stop right now, because I was going to read this already. But So what got me going on beauty, actually, was all this spring. Um, I do Every spring I do a Bible study um, with uh, some college girls at my house, soccer girls, and I have for years and years. And um, we were doing this book, Captivating. I don't know, it's an older book, if you've ever heard of it, but it's perfect for college-age um, well it 's perfect for everybody really, but for for a Bible study when you 're sharing it 's really, really good so but um, and everybody you 've heard of John Eldridge right John and Stacy wrote this so, um, so this one page though they they talked about beauty a, a little bit and i 'm going to read you the paragraph that uh, John wrote that has just like, you know when things just bounce around on the inside of you for days? That's what's been going on because this is literally chapter one and we finished this um, two weeks ago. So it was, I don't even know, like since February, just bouncing around. God, what is with this beauty thing? Um, you know, what are you saying? But listen to this. Just I'm talking about his lavishness and extravagance really, but the earth in summer is brimming with beauty, beauty of such magnificence and variety and unembarrassed lavishness. Ripe beauty, lush beauty, beauty given to us with such generosity and abundance, it is almost scandalous. Nature is not primarily functional, it is primarily beautiful. And I love that. I loved it. It's like, that is way beyond what we normally would say about God, (laughs) about his lavishness and abundance. It's almost scandalous. It's like somebody showering you with gift, gifts and things to the point where you are embarrassed. Please stop. Just imagine it for a minute. <laughs> to just, you know, you're up here in front of somebody, and someone just keeps, do, keeps giving you stuff, keeps lavishing stuff on you, and tells you how much they love you, and you are just mortified. Like, it's enough, and God keeps going. That's how he is. That's what I want to get in our, in our heads tonight. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. All right. Superabound. How many of you heard that? Um, I don't know. Maybe some of you heard it before, but in, in the Greek, there's a word um, for abundance, and it's superabound. But listen to this Ephesians 1 7 and 8. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. That word lavish is superabound. 2 Corinthians 9:8. you guys know this one. And God is able to bless you, what, abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Same word, superabound. Let me read the definition, the Greek definition for that word superabound. To be in excess, Um, Be uh, to excel to abound abundance, abundance be the better, enough and to spare, exceed excel, increase get the idea? pretty generous it's lavish so there we go we talked about grace there we talked about love (laughs) abundance, all that you need just all that you need You're going to abound. Psalms 36, 8, they feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your rivers of delights. There is more than enough of God for you, more than you could ever imagine, in fact. If you think you've got him figured out, he's too small. If you think you've had enough, it's too small. All right. Lastly, in this point about lavishness and extravagance, I have to read to you about heaven. Revelations twenty-one. It's lavish. Are you all ready? In fact, I could mess up some of the some of the gemstones because I've never even heard of them. So, get ready. (laughs) Revelations twenty-one eleven. It shone with the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper clear as crystal. Skip down to verse 15. The angel who walked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates and its walls. The city was laid out like a square as long as it is wide. He measured the city. This is it's in the New Jerusalem, in case you want to track with me here. He measured the city with, with the rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length and as wide and high as it is long. He measured its wall and it's 144 cubits thick by man's measurement which the angel was using. The wall was made of jasper, and the city of pure gold, as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated. The foundations, who decorates foundations? The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, I think that's how you say it, the fourth emerald, the fifth Uh, Sardonyx. Sardonyx? I don't know. The sixth, carnelian. The seventh, chrysolite. The eighth, beryl. The ninth, topaz. The tenth, chrysoprase. Eleventh, jacinth. And the twelfth, amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. A single pearl. Can you even imagine the value of a pearl that size? The great street of the city was of pure gold, like transparent glass, that's like gold we've never even seen here before that I know of. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine, for the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's a pretty lavish, lavish and extravagant place, don't you think? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I probably didn't need to read the last couple verses, but I just loved it, so I did. All right. So, his beauty, his lavishness and extravagance. But third, why beauty? Because it displays his splendor and his glory. And interestingly, interestingly enough, he wants to display it through us. We already talked about creation, right? Creation declares his glory. But in these scriptures, I want to show you that he wants to display through us his splendor and glory. Isaiah 61.3, you guys know this one. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, right? Jesus read it in the temple because he's anointed me. da But I want to read verse 3 because it's the good one to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planning of the Lord for the display of his splendor or glory or beauty. Oaks of righteousness, the planning of the Lord for the display of his splendor. He wants us to shine. Remember Isaiah 61, 60 verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come. He's talking about us. Arise, shine. He wants us to shine. Matthew 5.16. I told you we had a lot of scriptures. Are you all okay? All right. I don't want to bore you. (laughs) Not likely. Matthew 5.16. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You know what that word good deeds is? Beautiful deeds. Let your light shine. Let them see your beautiful deeds. Isn't that cool? All right, I think I'm in the home stretch of scriptures. One more, though Philippians 2 15 and 16, because this one is one of my favorite. So that you do everything without complaining or arguing. That's a good start to that, right? That's verse 14. So that, I love that this, this is the result of doing things without complaining or arguing. So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and deprived generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I do not run or labor in nothing, for nothing, See, we can hold out the words of life, like star. Did you ever want to be a star? Where do these kids get it? Where do they make movies? Uh, you know, I've, I was just telling Damaris this, in fact, this morning, because she was like, this literally, we literally had this conversation. She goes, you know, my prophetic gift's kind of like a Spidey sense. I was like... Uh, Yeah, where'd they get the ideas for the movies? This isn't, you got to track with how God created us, what he put on the inside of us. See, superheroes are not earthly ideas. It's who God made us to be. I believe it. I believe that we are going into a time where we will see way beyond, signs and wonders way beyond what we could ever imagine and more than they can come up with in a movie. I believe it with all my heart. I believe we will speak to earthquakes and they will stop. I believe that we will rescue people from disasters and that because we are carrying the word of God and we are holding out the words of life. I believe that way. Anyways. Yes, declare it. So, all right, so that was our first question. Why beauty? Are you convinced? Yes. Good. So, what is our example of beauty? Well, today, I'm gonna talk about women as our example of beauty, because it's Mother's Day weekend, like I said before. We already mentioned creation, we mentioned the arts, etc. All this, And guys, I want to I preface this, because um, you also can carry the beauty of God. There, there's, there's no doubt, because we are created in His image. You can have whatever of God that you want. But I do believe that God created women to be an example of beauty, and I'm going to try to prove it to you. But listen to this, I believe that women carry display, cultivate, and, ba- and value beauty. And that's what we're going to talk about in this point. The first things carry beauty. You know that men and women are different? No. <laughs> I mean, let's just go home now, right? <laughs> Revelation. <laughs> Our makeups are different. We don't look the same. I'll, I'll just leave it <laughs> at that. We have different hormones. By design, God created that way. Um, Sorry, guys, but not very often do does anyone refer to men as beautiful. I mean, I hate to break it to you, but it might be one in a billion. You know, (laughs) just kidding. But you know, by design, women are beautiful. They were created to be beautiful. They were created that way. God designed it that way. Both of us are made in his image, but there wasn't it was really interesting because God says no not one type of human is enough for, to even express my nature. That's really what I believe. There's not an all-in-one human. For a second, just think about this, primitive man. <laughs> Must kill deer to eat, right? Man running out of the woods. Oh, baby, I'm having a baby. Oh, I must take care of it. Must kill deer. I mean, that's just, right? It's too much. It's too much. We have different things that make up the human race the man and the woman. But, men, I have a scripture for you. This is your only scripture of the day. So get ready. Are you listening? (laughs) <laughs> Proverbs twenty nineteen: The glory of young men is their strength, gray hair the splendor of the old. And guess what the Hebrew words are there for glory and splendor? Beauty. The beauty of young men is their strength, and, be- and gray hair the beauty of the old. So there you have it. You are beautiful too. Okay, moving on. So, number two, though. Women carry beauty. Women display beauty. Who we are as women is beautiful. Think about it for a minute. Beautiful hearts, vulnerable. We're, we're just built that way, we're more vulnerable. We want to be more vulnerable than men. We're emotional, we're expressive. We have more empathy. We desire, our desire for connection is typically greater. Now, I'm not trying to stereotype. I want you to, don't, you don't, guys don't think that, right? I'm not trying to stereotype. I'm trying to make a point and, and for, for how we are built and how valuable it is. So we have a mother's heart. Whether you've given birth or not, or whether you ever will, we have a mother's heart. We carry the maternal nature of God by design. To accurately express God's heart, I believe we must honor both male and female. If God's government is family, which we talk about this all the time, don't we? We believe that. God's government is family. It's not a dictatorship. It's not a democracy. It's a family. Right. Amen. And so if God's government is family, we always need to have a woman's perspective, too, because it's 50% of God's heart. Amen. See, in a family, it's a mother and a father complete the picture, right? make decisions together for our children, things like that. If we want God's heart on something, we've got to hear both, both, both ways of looking at things, probably more than that. But, you know, <laughs> what, is it, what is that uh, proverb that says there's... Um, it, yes, thank you. <laughs> but I'm just, again, I'm just building a point. If we want God's heart on a matter, we have to believe, women, that we have a voice too. The devil hates women. And yeah, I know the devil hates men too, but he really hates women. You know that Genesis 3.15, when the curse happened, this is in the fall in the garden, and the curse, God is speaking the curse over, which of course he broke for us when Jesus died, so I'm not going to worry about that part of the curse, but this is the curse on Satan. I will put, in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between you and the woman between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, which that happens to be Jesus, and you will strike his heel. I will put enmity between you and the woman. Literally hatred, that is literally what that means. I will put hatred between you and the woman. Interesting, right? He's had it out for us since day one. Just to give you an example, When I was about maybe 10 or 11. It was a normal day at school. We were outside on a break and um, one of the one of the girls in the class was she was kind of carrying on kind of making a fuss. I don't really remember the situation. I don't all I know is that she was being emotional and I don't know right or wrong. I don't remember this is all I remember, is over on the other side it was a group of boys, young boys, that were making fun of her for being emotional. Okay, that's how it went down. All, but I remember, I remember distinctly the whole situation. Again, I don't remember what she was doing, but I know what they were doing. And I remember my heart. I said, I will never be like that. I want to be what they think is right, what they approve of. Let me tell you, that day, the enemy tried to steal something from me or how God had made me. Now, right or wrong, I don't know what she was doing, but I know what the enemy was doing in me. And it took me all the way through to my 20s to deal with that. The enemy has it out for us as women. I'm sure that maybe some of you can relate. We'll get to more of that in a minute. So men, we need help with this. I believe that you can be a champion, you can be a voice for women. Because, you know, as examples of beauty, we are displaying the beauty of God. When we are displaying emotion or vulnerability, you know, obviously we don't really want to be made fun of. (laughs) You know, I mean, I'm just going back to my example of when I was young. But can you champion women? Can you speak into their God-given beauty? The women in your house, the women around you. I cannot think of a more perfect place, more safe place in the house of God to speak into young women's lives, men. And and you know right or wrong here. I'm not I'm not getting weird. But how can, you can call forth beauty even in their hearts to say that, that kindness is beautiful, that how you know how you're sharing your heart or expressing your heart towards God in worship is beautiful. That kind of beauty confirms in, in young women's hearts the right way, the right way to view beauty. We'll get to the wrong way in a minute. I believe that we can ask for God's heart on beauty. So are we all willing to do that? It's important for women to champion women, too. But there's something about, especially with young ladies, to hear and speak... From a man's point of view, from a grandfather's point of view, you know what I'm saying, right? I'm not being weird. Everybody's like <laughs> Number three. Remember I said that. Women carry beauty, display beauty, but also women cultivate and value beauty. It's a unique one to women. And you'll see why I say this. I don't know about you other women in here, but for me, I see everything as a project to make more, more beautiful or better. <laughs> That's pretty much my life. This church, <laughs> my home, my kids, myself, just make it more beautiful, make it a project. But I think actually that that was some of God's design. Obviously, we don't wanna to go to the extreme on that, and especially if we're trying to hide our beauty to try to, because we don't think we're beautiful. That's a whole nother issue. But I believe that God put within us the ability to value and cultivate beauty. We have whole uh, TV channels dedicated to it, HGTV. Listen to this statistic. In 2016, this is a YouTube statistic, 2016, there were 5.3 million beauty videos posted and 55 billion views. That's just for beauty videos. I don't think that was men. I mean, maybe a few. <laughs> Did you watch one 2016? <laughs> okay, just checking. If you need a date, that might be something good. I love the contour in your eye makeup. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can learn things, guys. You can learn things. It calls out beauty, though. Here's the thing, here's where the gifting lies. The value and the ability to cultivate beauty, it means that you can call it out of others. You can call it out even in a creative situation, in a setting, to make people feel more comfortable. Remember how I mentioned that beauty invites. We can make people feel comfortable as we cultivate and value beauty. The world has beauty for beauty's sake. And just like anything else that the world offers, it can be empty. But what if God created us to have beauty, to cultivate and value beauty for a reason? And that would be, first of all, to direct people to the most beautiful creator in all the universe, to call beauty out in others, their unique calling and gifting to be who god created them to be if they believe that they have an identity as a as a woman of god particularly made beautiful in his image don't you think we're more likely to do what god's called us to do certainly because people with identity wander people without identity wander but people with identity are pursuers they're pursuers of the dreams of their heart and the pursuers of what god's created them to be So, I mean, I know I'm giving you lots of examples, but I believe that, that the enemy has, has been at work in our lives, women. And some of this has been stolen. And it's time to value again who God created us to be. So, third, what is his plan for beauty in our lives? We're doing pretty good, I think. Give <laughs> us to look at that one. Yeah. What is his plan for beauty in our lives? Well, hopefully you thought of this scripture by now. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, 3.11, does anybody know what that says? He makes all things beautiful in its time, or in his time. He has made everything beautiful in its time. This is the whole, the whole verse. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I love that eternity is also in this verse because I think that a lot of times we question things. Like, okay, I don't see how this could ever be beautiful. I don't see, you know, how you can redeem this, God. But God says, he set eternity in us. I think eternity is ours to pursue and to uh, investigate that's what it is. It's an investigation into the supernatural. Because if we remove the boundaries of time anyway, what, what is he talking about? He says, I can change a circumstance that you thought was impossible to change. I can change it because I don't need time. I don't need your time schedule. I have my own. And it's eternal I believe that he's going to release more revelation to us on redemption. He makes everything beautiful. You know, one of my very favorite quotes, the Holy Spirit gave Deb Krohn this maybe five years ago, and I know some of you have heard it about the pearl, and there's a whole long story with it, but the, the quote is, a pearl is evidence that your beauty will outlast your pain. The pearl is evidence that your beauty will outlast your pain. Why? Because an irritant gets in that little shell and just goes and goes and goes. But what happens? Beauty outlasts the pain. He makes all things beautiful in our lives. He wants to make the painful and the hard places beautiful again. Psalms 84 6 you know it the valley of Baca. What is it? That means a place of tears as they pass through the the valley of tears They will make it a place of springs and Hosea 2 15 talks about the valley of acor Which is trouble and God says that he will make that a door of hope That's our promise takes the painful and hard places and makes them beautiful So he is beautiful And he wants to display it around us, in us, and through us. He's created women to carry, cultivate, value, and display beauty. And he has a plan for beauty in our lives. So women, I'm going to pretty much wrap this up here. But women, has the enemy stolen places in you that God created to be beautiful? Maybe it was something in your youth that happens. Maybe you were vulnerable with somebody and they hurt you in return. And so what did you do? You built walls. I won't be vulnerable again. I ain't doing that again. I believe we've all done that. Are we believing a lie that we aren't beautiful? I'm just asking you right now, just look into your heart. Am I believing the lie that says I am not beautiful? Man, has the enemy stolen your ability to recognize beauty? Have you brushed off beautiful detail thinking it wasn't valuable? Have you blown off maybe your wife or your children or something when they go into great detail? about something that you don't really want to hear. <laughs> has the world defined beauty to you and warped your thinking on it? And that is a major issue that we have, isn't it? In a lot, a lot of our lives, but men particularly, has our, has our thinking been warped? That's just what I feel like that It's really our altar call tonight. That's what I feel like, that God wants to to restore those things. He wants to make those places beautiful again. He wants us to see the value of how he created us. Now, sure, none of us are perfect, and I'm sure sure all of us as women have been over-emotional or whatever, or too vulnerable, or whatever. Just disregard all of that. We all make mistakes. Guys, you've blown up plenty of times in anger right or displayed your glorious strength in a way that was not necessary it happens we're we're human we're on the road to perfection with jesus amen but that doesn't mean we, we disregard those things it doesn't mean that they are less valuable because god created us that way So, I think I just want to invite us to maybe stand. Let's stand. I just want to open up for a few minutes to, to just let, let the Lord speak to us. Is that all right? And if there's just any area that I've touched tonight, if that is hitting, you know, hitting home in any way, I just want you to raise your hands because I just want us to ask, first of all, that the Lord restore to us what the enemy has tried to steal. I've seen it in my own life. I'm sure you have too. The enemy is... Super interested in destroying the things of the kingdom that were meant to display God's beauty. But right now, we just acknowledge, dear God, we just acknowledge that you are at work in our lives, and that you are you're you're just bringing awareness, really. And we just declare over our lives tonight anything that the enemy has tried to steal, we just say redemption. We declare redemption in the name of Jesus. We just say that it cannot be stolen, but rather redeemed because of the cross, because he makes all things beautiful. And we just ask right now, even for the, the mother's heart to come out, in all of us, women, obviously in women, and be on display to lead others to a closer understanding, a deeper revelation of you, Jesus, of you, God, the, the beauty of your holiness. We look to you tonight. You are beautiful. You are the most beautiful of them all. Listen to those birds chirping, declaring the glory of God. (laughs) Oh, Lord, you're beautiful.
1: Your face is all I see. When your eyes are on this, your grace somehow to me oh Lord your beautiful your face Amen. Thank
0: you, Jesus. It's a good Mother's Day weekend. Amen. Well, I'll let you out. We're really right on time. Have a great night and happy Mother's Day. We don't see you tomorrow.